Let the record show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hopefully that's that's worked. That's good. Uh, good morning, guys, and good morning to those that are listening on to the podcast. Um, I'm Martin. I'm the one that looks vaguely confused in the animation. Um, and we're just going to spend some time uh, asking some questions about Denzel's uh, preach this morning um, and sort of going from there. So this morning we have the pleasure of asking Trevor the questions, which I'm happy about. So I'll kick off and let's go for it. Um, so first question. Uh, the big... Oh, I'm going to mute you. There you go. <laughs> Uh, the big theme of Denzel's sermon was grace and the idea of receiving a gift. Obviously, the idea of grace is central to the Christian faith. But what things struck you as you listened to Denzel's preach this morning, Trevor? Oh, th yeah, thanks, Martin. Yeah, I'm, I'm the grey one in the animation. Um, <laughs> I, I found it really helpful what Denzel said. And it's interesting, isn't it? So there was something near the beginning of the sermon the hit home and i mean it, it's so often the case isn't it sometimes we, we just need to hear things expressed in a fresh or a different way and it grabs us and he spoke about how when we receive a gift from someone we're honoring them which i find quite a, a striking idea or our willingness to receive the gift and um you know i just wonder if we're honest how many of us actually do find it easier to give than receive um so if i'm doing the giving i feel like i'm in a position of power might be a means by which i don't know i'm showing my resources um and receiving isn't always easy i mean i find it quite poignant it felt very real the illustration of the 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 young man who couldn't afford to pay for the meal but 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 almost was still insisting on on trying to do it even though he he, he clearly couldn't um and, and I suppose, I, I just find myself thinking, even though a lot of us here are good evangelicals and, and we will say we believe this and, and we've heard it so many times before, I just think grace can be really hard to accept. You know, the notion that actually the things we do aren't going to win us God's approval. Um, and I still think we can, we can fall into the trap of thinking if I work harder for him, you know, if I, if I do stuff for him, he will then do more for me. Uh, and, you know, we just we just need to keep on reminding ourselves we can't do anything to make him love us more. <laughs> we can't do anything to, 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 to get anything more out of him because it's just not how it works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Thank you, Trevor. Um, Denzel also raised the issue of stumbling blocks. That, that was uh, the first of the four questions that he posed at the end. To what extent might we be adding stumbling blocks as SBC or as Christians? Um, and what would your response to be to that to that question that Denzel always posed? Yeah, I um, I, I thought that was really thought provoking, wasn't it? That, that that point that he made, and I suppose it's easy to think, isn't it, at first glance? You know, there's there's no equivalent in our churches to anything so dramatic as, as circumcision. But, but I suppose it just got me thinking, are there some cultural trappings in our churches which, which are not inherently Christian? They're just more to do with living a middle-class lifestyle in, in 2020. You know, what, what, what expectations do we have about an acceptable way to dress in church? 
not everyone has a suit. <laughs> not, not everyone owns one. Um, what about the fact that our church buildings are set up like classrooms uh, and they have a screen uh, on the front and words that you have to read? I mean, not everyone can read. What, 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 what barrier might that be? Um, when Denzel Post, I remember something that happened a couple of years ago. It wasn't long before we left Yardley Wood. And, and we had a non you know, they were a non-church family. They come along to church for a number of weeks. And we had this incident that um, young lad in the family, must have been about 10 years old, brought along raffle tickets for um, a charity that he, he, he wanted to sell them for. And, um, you know, he struggled this lad. He had lots of issues, lots of issues in the family. All he needed was a few adults to show an interest in him and buy us raffle tickets. We got this complaint. Somebody complained to the deacons that raffle tickets were being sold in church. And uh, I can still remember the deacons meeting. The first thing we established was that every one of the deacons had bought a raffle ticket from him. So we were, we were all duly implicated, but you know, is what, 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 what a mountain to make out of a molehill or what isn't even a molehill really, you know, this lad just needed acceptance, you, you, you know, and, and I remember being so frustrated uh, with, um, with the person in church who decided that, that this, this had to be made a big deal out of. Um, you know, and there are lots of things we could un unpack about that issue, about, you know, things things we seize on that we can then have a pretext for looking down on other people, you know, but is, is, that, the, is, is that really an issue Jesus cares about when somebody walks into our church and, you know, so often, what, what, what are we doing, I wonder, that makes the barriers for entrance to our church actually a bit tighter than the entrance to heaven, uh, if I can put it like that. So um, we might have other things that we could think of instead, but yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's cool. Uh, and third question, uh, we've talked about ways we can apply this passage to our own experience, but what do you think the impact would have been to the people that were here in, in Rome at that time? Yeah, thanks, Martin. I mean, I, I, I don't know about anyone else. I, I've just found it really helpful over the course of this whole series to, to keep reminding myself time and again, this is a letter written to a group of people like us uh, and, and, and almost to keep on thinking, what, what must it have been like when Phoebe came to these early Christians in Rome uh, and, and, and she read this out? And I was just struck again by that line we have about Abraham in verse 11. He is the father of all who believe, but have not been circumcised. I mean, just, just to pause and take a breath and, and allow ourselves to sort of grasp the implications of that, that Abraham is as much the father of the Gentile believers as he is of the Jewish ones. You know, I, I love Denzel's description of Abraham, the man himself, uh, the ultimate Jewish man. And, and yeah, Paul writes this letter and says... Um, Gentiles are as much his children. And um, I was thinking when, when Denzel read that, I found myself thinking about, you know, the parable of the workers in the vineyard, <laughs> you know, and it's the ones who sort of rock up the, at the end of the day and just do, I don't know, maybe not even an hour's work and certainly not a day's shift. And, and they get as much of a, a reward. You know, I, I, I just think this idea that if we, if, if, if we take seriously what Paul is saying here, there are no grades of belonging. There are no levels of belonging. And it doesn't matter whether 
you've been on the inside track or, or, or you, you, you're circumcised, you, 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 your background is in Judaism, or, or you were a pagan last week. <laughs> you know, we, we all belong on, on the same footing. And um, just as what a radical message, Pierre. It's big stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So. There you go. My house is not that quiet. Um, I, was, I was also thinking uh, just this kind of gratitude and he's talking about Abraham and when Abraham mm. sort of left, he felt God's call and then he, he sort of didn't know where he was going. He moved. And then there's sort of, then what happened, he was, he's, he built an altar and then he worshipped, didn't he? And mm. the response that just naturally came. I mean, there is a question like, how did Abraham even know how to worship? Uh, all, yeah. of, all of new Christians, we experience that to an extent. But it, it's, I sort of, this gratitude, this worship sort of mingled together when I was sort of reflecting on it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really cool. Does anybody have any questions for Trevor? Uh, any reflections that you had on the sermon? If you unmute yourself uh, and then just feel free to ask. Well, just to say, I found it very challenging. I, I made a few notes that really sort of leapt out at me, which was about um, the barriers that we put up. It, it might not be sort of <laughs> about circumcision or what have you, but I, it really challenged me to think about what do we put in the way of folk coming in, even unintentionally, but to be yeah. kind of really aware of how we set things out or... Um, like you said about reading our expectations that people that come are going to be just like us yeah kind of thing and I just found that really challenging and the idea of sort of first and second class citizens yeah yeah um, yeah so the whole thing about judging and assuming that we're okay because we're in and there are a whole bunch of people who are actually we consider out yeah 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 so I did find it very challenging yeah it got, me, it got me thinking as well, I mean, another thing that I thought about was things like hats. You know, there are quite a few young men I know who wear hats or baseball caps or whatever. It's not disrespectful to them to be wearing them in, 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 in church. Um, is that a big deal, really? You, 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 you know, or, or, or is it just something that somebody does as part of their culture um and, and and does that still apply yeah there are lots of you know you know we and, and we don't have a we, we probably would say we don't wear our sunday best anymore in church but actually we probably do have cultural trappings don't we and what what looks and what doesn't look respectable yeah it's it's big stuff yeah mm. I think also beyond that, um, we've been looking at um, African creation story and mm. um, we sort of, there was this point where as a Christian kind of community, world community, we realised that actually us writing theology and sending it to Africa has very little relevance to them because of where they are. And yeah. we talk about church norms we could actually open that up and talk about UK norms 
yeah. Europe and Africa uh, and Asia and all these different places that almost have their own norms as well and their own yeah. expectations. So I think there's there's questions of what do we just do that we just don't realise that are excluding yeah. people. Um, but that's yeah. massive. Any other questions, comments? Yeah. Um, I'm not normally one to say anything here, um, but what came over to me, we've talked about worship and things, and in the sermon, it's, in, it's how we portray ourselves every day as Christians is so important because those can create barriers to other people mm. or create walls because they think, oh, that person's like that. I don't want to know church. Yeah. You know, so I think that came over to me quite a lot today. And normally I would say nothing, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I think it's so important. And, you know, we must portray being Jesus every day of the week. I let him down, don't get me wrong, but that is to me very important in these days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, abs absolutely, Maggie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, my goodness, there, there have been times when sometimes I encounter really difficult behaviour in church and I, 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 I in, in, you know, and I, and I find myself thinking, oh, I hope you're not like this while you work. <laughs> that's, that's the, I mean, that that's, that's, just being honest really isn't it you know but 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 what you say Maggie is so true it, it it's behaviors like warmth uh decency care being generous you know are we like that or are we the opposite and and those are the things on which people's decisions <laughs> about what they think of, of faith are hinging some of the time and yeah what are we what are we conveying yeah absolutely Is that Mabel's hand? I'm not sure. Yeah. Go for it, Mabel. You're muted, Mabel, still, though. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I was... I was so, I mean, I came, I came in late, I joined late. So I may not know what you're talking about, but from the, from the preaching of, uh, of Denso, he came to, he noted something about God who caused the things which are dead. Mm. Be life. I mean, I was. I said, I put my, I put my head back and said, "Hang on, he can call dead things to life." Mm. And I remember, I remember this day. He reminded me a day when uh, my mother came to England. Yeah. She doesn't know English, but I went to a church and she said, I mean, the pastor said, stagnant on, stagnant on, stagnant. So my mother was saying, stagnant on, stagnant on, and she was saying it in my face. And I said, 
I wish mom knew what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. About that made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was so interesting. Yeah, and there is a other whole element actually in this passage, isn't there? The, the 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 God who kind of speaks something from nothing, and this astonishing life He gives Abraham. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, so I found Denzel someone today really enjoyable, but also quite challenging, as mm -hmm. everyone has mentioned. But it was more poignant for me today because um, I've been struggling with this very topic of faith and works. And a Christian friend of mine who we share a, a house group, we go to a Bible study online. It's a mixture of Christians, Anglicans, Baptists, you know, mm -hmm. Pentecostals. It's, it's a lot of fun. But um, she recently made a statement that almost implied that a lot of our prayers have been answered uh, partly because of the way she dedicates herself to God. Mm. She didn't say it in those terms. And I just remember feeling uncomfortable a little bit, but I didn't have the courage to, to question. I felt I didn't have a right to question that because, you know, you know in COVID time, she's been through two jobs and still got a job and you know that's something to be celebrated but today I uh, listening to Denzel I I am almost thinking that what sometimes we see as the works we do to to serve God those that's a way of showing gratitude or is that even yeah. a way to think about it so that I can go back to her I feel I have to go back to her and talk about this <laughs> just yeah. like that no, thanks, Nancy. I mean, you've reminded me of uh, James. I mean, James makes this point, doesn't he? That 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 faith without works is is dead, you know. And and we we can't say that 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 we're people of faith, and it in a sense, well, it's all about grace, and it it doesn't impact through or follow through on any of my behaviour. I mean, that 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 gratitude has to work itself out, doesn't it? In in some kind of of changed behaviour and, and, and service of others. And, and, but it's, it's understanding that it's gratitude for what he's, he's done for us and an outworking of that and, and not something which will carry his favour anymore. And, you know, the, the scripture talks as well. I mean, we're commanded to pray without ceasing. Uh, and the, there, are, there are lots of places in the Bible where kind of almost... Uh, wrestling with God in prayer, like Moses and Abra Abraham as well. We, we um, you know, we see examples of that. But I, I have to say, like you, I feel very uncomfortable with models of prayer, which basically load all of the effort onto us and the pressure onto us to pray in certain ways or to make, I, don't, I mean, does God have a threshold of of effort or earnestness uh, that we somehow have to, to 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 sort of tip the balance in our favour, and then he he starts to answer us. I, I think I would hear what you're saying. I I I think God wants us to pray fervently, and wants us to pray so that we can open up ourselves and other situations to Him moving. But 
anything that starts to say there's a certain level of effort needed to make a difference, I, I think we just need to push back on that. And, and I don't think I could go with that myself. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah. At, at the very least, it can be a barrier to what one, to me, that could be one of those barriers. because Absolutely. That's yeah. when Denzel was talking, I thought about that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, thanks, guys, for all the questions. Um, I'm going to send you off into your breakout rooms now. Uh, so I think, is it normally around 10 minutes that you will chat? I think it is 10, 12, something like that. I think 10, so. 10 or 12, we'll go for 11 minutes. There we go. Um, <laughs> so have a catch up and um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming, guys. Speak to you later. Thanks, Martin. Yeah. Thank you. And that's what. Thank you.